off top. Stress sweat and regular sweat are not the same thing. They aren't triggered by the same things, and they are comprised of completely different elements. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show, presented by Allstate. Um, we're joined today by the wonderful and talented. We missed you last week, Bill Barnwell in the beautiful Buffalo plaid. What up, dog? I thought you were going to mistake me for Kevin Clark and just by habit, just call me KC. <laughs> I could never mistake you for Kevin Clark. I would. You are so much happier, nicer, smarter, more talented a person than Kevin Clark. Don't tell him wow, I said really that. Thanks. He really made friends last week. <laughs> yeah. What up, Charlie? What are we going to today? We begin today with our good hands moments presented by Allstate. Already? Yeah, we just got to double Allstate it. Get your good hands up. The New York Jets defense. The Jets intercepted Jalen Hurts three times and upset the previously undefeated Eagles. Did, did, did you hear that? <laughs> That's the sound of Mercury Morris popping oh, champagne gosh. as the last undefeated team in the NFL falls. What are your thoughts about the Jets defense, the Eagles, all of that coming out of that game? Well, first of all, do they even like there was a time I feel like growing up where they would make a big deal out of it. I feel like no one even mentions it. I don't know that anyone's going to say anything about it uh, going this week. Like no one is Mercury's going to do it. But yep. are they going to mention it on any other telecast besides this? Well, I guess this isn't telecast broadcast besides this one. They will. Uh, it it kind of feels like one of those things where like they would have made an NFT of them popping the champagne bottles and so they like they like sold the rights to it a couple oh, years ago yeah i'm sure mercury morris is hot on these nft markets him and the rest of the 72 dolphins but what i learned from this game is a little bit of hope goes a long way because i felt like we were concerned about the jets uh maybe three four weeks ago we were like the jets might implode all these really talented defensive players talented young offensive players are having a hard time being plunged back into the world of zach wilson as our quarterback zach did not win against the chiefs but he did enough to give this team hope and then they won the next week and now they go up against the undefeated eagles and the defense really put this team on their back creating turnovers making it so it was almost impossible for zach wilson and the offense to not kick enough field goals. The only touchdown they scored was a gift. The Eagles wanted them to score a touchdown. They moved out the way. They called the play that when I played for the Ravens, we called it highway, uh, where you would just get out of the way and let the team score in order to save clock. They all got out of the way and let Brees Hall score a touchdown. It was the only way the Jets could score a touchdown. So congratulations to the 85 Bears, which is what we were promised. Even without the cornerback who promised that and the cornerback who's better than him, they still had a dominant defensive performance on a Sunday to get that big win. What do you think, Bill? Here is the formula if you're the Jets and you want to win with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. All that hope led the defense to say, you know what we should do? We should start forcing teams to turn the ball over three times per game. Because when you do that, you start winning games. The Jets this year 3-0 and when they force at least three turnovers, 0-3 when they don't get that far. So we could talk about the offense. The offense was not good in this game. It was passable. It was mediocre but like this defense like you said put the team on its back had above and beyond what you can expect from them week after week and that led to this victory plus a fortuitously timed missed field goal on a chip shot from jake elliott i think i missed like one field goal inside 40 yards before 
uh, this miss here against the Jets. So as long as you get a missed field goal at the right time, you get three or four interceptions, Jets are going to be fine. But anything below that, I don't think so. Can I stat you guys down for a second? Stat me down. Stat me I'm down. I'm going to do a couple stats. This, right. And there's some stat lines of quarterbacks against the vaunted Jets defense. The Bills and Josh Allen, 29 for, 40, uh, for 41, 236 yards, one TD, three interceptions, the 62.7 quarterback rating. The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, 18 of 30, 203 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, a 63.6 quarterback rating. And Jalen Hurts, 23, or 27 of 43, 279 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Those are in the pantheon of the great quarterbacks in the NFL, and those are the guys that this Jets defense has done that to. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be able to do that. So that's the thing is I, I think turnovers to some degree are out of your control as a defense or as a team. Like Obviously, better defenses tend to create more turnovers. They get more pressure. They cause more tip balls. They may cause more fumbles. But whether you get them or drop them or the bad plays go in another direction or you're able to fall on the ball, those things are not normally sustainable. But having great defense will keep you in games. And that was always the premise of this Jets team. Last year was the whole reason why they went all in on Aaron Rodgers was the premise was we're going to keep every game close. And as long as they can do that, and this gets a little bit more interesting because I, amongst many other people, laughed at Aaron Rodgers when he said that he was going to come back this season. Maybe I shouldn't stop laughing, but he showed up without crutches and he was throwing ahead of the game or before the game, he was on the field throwing. I can tell that Bill is ready to rain on my optimism for Aaron Rodgers' superhuman recovery. No, because here's the thing. Let's say Aaron Rodgers does come back and he's like 60% and he's bad. You just built yourself in Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson quarterback controversy. The world, I understand morning television, Dominique. You are, you know, get up does need that and I respect that. But I don't need to sit <laughs> talking about that. You don't need that in your life. I don't want to have to have that conversation with my family, and I don't think you do either. You're right. There's nothing I hate more than hot hand talk, but he's got the hot hand. I hate hot hand oh, talk. Oh, I'm all. We're about to get into some. Uh, this is, a, I think, a, a term that's been coined on online. We're we're in some real analytics with the hot hand, <laughs> and also Robert Sala. I think I'm a Robert Sala guy now because you know what he said after that game about the gauntlet of quarterbacks they faced to start that season, and we've embarrassed all of them. <laughs> He's gone after all of them. Mahomes, <laughs> Allen, Hurts. Honestly, I'm adding Rodney Harris into the list. That's another quarterback. This guy has galvanized this team yeah. around the fact that he will not quit Zach Wilson. Robert Sala <laughs> is one of those guys that, sorry, that's so fun to be when he's on top. But you remember, yeah, he was so sad. <laughs> and all that tough guy talking, we stick by Josh. And also, it, also went at Sean Payton. Don't forget about that. Stood up for our guy. Okay, that's true. That's true. This is the same guy that drafted Zach Wilson, though, that, that <laughs> propped up Zach Wilson for the last two years. So, like, you know, I appreciate his loyalty. I think he'd be a fun, a fun coach to play for. But I, 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 I feel like the moment that the Jets start struggling, which they have had their struggles, through, they did lose, by the way, to the Patriots, which looks like it's a very embarrassing loss with each passing week. There are still a lot of concerns about this football team. Galaxy me, Brain. Hold on. Galaxy brain. Yeah. He kept Caleb Williams off the Patriots. <laughs> if, I, I, if he loses I, to I, I don't know if that's going to be enough. The <laughs> Patriots are, are, are churning their way towards Caleb Williams. Jets be damned. But 
let's be real about this. Do you feel more like the Jets won this game or that the Eagles lost this game? Oh, don't you dare mock me about being Mr. Morning Television when you come and read with that <laughs> foolishness. The Eagles lost it. Um, come on, get up for this question. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles absolutely lost it more than the Jets won it. It felt like the Eagles in the early half, Basket. the first half of the game, it felt like the Eagles woke up and they were like, you know what? A.J. Brown's amazing. Give A.J. the ball. Uh, I think uh, Smith dropped a wide open pass mm -hmm. and that felt kind of like a bit of a turning point for the offense. I know that's not. Uh, Momentum. Yeah, don't do this. Don't make Bill quit the show. No, please, please. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize for my co-host. He does not represent the feelings of the Dominique Foxworth show presented by Allstate. We do not believe in momentum. However, oh, it did. It did kind of felt feel like <laughs> things turn right there. And as I'm watching that game, we're watching it together. We're talking about the things about Jalen Hurts that makes him special is kind of, it feels like maturity is one of the things where it seems like he's been mature. He's made good decisions. He's responsible. He takes risk when he, when it's appropriate to take risk. He's not necessarily out there trying to prove everything to everyone, despite the fact that he's the type of player that needs to, that needed to kind of prove himself in the last couple of years. And then he goes about throwing balls to, and, terrible situations throughout the course of this game, missing targets and seemingly just kind of throwing it up at the end. That final one that should, the final pass of the game, it kind of seemed like a reasonable read. It just seemed like a good defensive play. Um, and I'm not sure that you don't want to just go to AJ Brown in that situation, but I don't think we can make too much of it for the Eagles. Or maybe we should. The Eagles haven't been oh, great should. offensively I, this so far this I, season. I, I don't agree with you. This has been coming for the Eagles, right? Like, yeah. even though they're five and oh, I think everyone who's watched the Eagles has kind of been like, mm, they don't look that good. Like, they look good enough to compete in the NFC. They look good enough to probably win the NFC East, but they have not been as dominant as they were a year ago. And, and I think that's sort of the concern here is you see, okay, like their margin for error last year was pretty big. Like they could have an ugly game and still win. This week they had an ugly game and then they made one turnover too many and they lost maybe the one player who they can't replace in Lane Johnson. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's tough. It's a general question that it always floats over, like just about any team that's doing well, that's coming off of, or that's winning and coming off of a great season in a team that's like doing well, but doesn't have the history. I think the Eagles have so much goodwill built up for me watching them that it's hard for me to get off of them. And I would find reasons to justify their offense, even though it wasn't strong. And the thing I would always point to is Jalen Hurts made big plays. Through the course of all these games, even though the offense wasn't consistently churning, there were times when Jalen Hurts did something special. And at least for me, that was like, all right, cool. That's the difference. Because you're going to need somebody who, do, who can do special things in big games. I know he's capable of doing that. However, if you can't, like, materialize, especially with a new offensive coordinator, and it yeah. seems that I'm, Shane Steiking has shown in Indy in a short time in Indy, despite the fact that today wasn't pretty, that he does have some um, offensive game plan and acumen. I think that is the bigger question because of that loss and because of what we've seen so far. They have the Dolphins next week. At home for Sunday Night Football. What do you think the spread is for that game? If you had to guess right now. Sorry, That's, sorry, Simmons. Yeah, I was about to say we're sorry, guessing Simmons. the spread. Bill Simmons, uh, I don't know. I don't gamble. What you got, Bill? Uh, it's in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Eagles minus one and a half. 
Wow. I would go Eagles minus two because Bill said one and a half. Oh, you, you get it. You win the week, cousin, yes. cousin Dominique. <laughs> yes. It's minus two and a half. Um, I'm half. sort of shocked by that. Aren't you? Like this, this, uh, this Dolphins is a a half point better, like what equivalent to, or maybe a half point better than the Eagles on a neutral field. Doesn't seem that crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would consider this Dolphins team a buzzsaw. They aren't undefeated, and like they, you stack up what they've buzzsawed through while they've destroyed the teams that they've played. The teams that they've knocked off. What's their best win so far? The Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah, they, they, they. Brandon Staley and the and the Chargers, the perpetually underachieving, underachieving since I was in the league and before. Chargers is their one major win. I don't know. And their defense has, like, we're supposed to be seeing this Fangio defense. I know they don't have Jalen Ramsey. The defense hasn't lived up to the hype. At the start of the game today, <laughs> they were the only team that it se- seemed like the Panthers could move the ball against. So, I don't know. I'm a, I, I do respect the offense, obviously. It's incredible. But I think I fell into this trap in part with the Cowboys, too, where they were ripping through bad teams. Then mm. they came up against a really good one, and we – learned that maybe they weren't as good as we thought. One of those those bad teams the Cowboys beat? Wasn't that Robert Sala and the, <laughs> the New York Jets? Hive mind, hive mind here. Let's, let's workshop Dominique's take on Get Up Here because if he wants to support Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott in that gauntlet of quarterbacks that Robert Sala embarrassed, 31 for 38, 255 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Is Dak elite? Certainly thinks <laughs> certainly think that he is. Oh, I love the web of football. You can make anything make sense if you do enough transitive property. You can get to the point where everything that you want to make make sense makes sense. But I don't know. I think the Dolphins, they had a season last year that was really impressive until they lost their quarterback. And I think that matters. At least that matters to me. And this like ties into the whole Purdy question about how long it's going to take us to re- respect Purdy. But that matters to me to some degree. And then what you've done this season, and I, I kind of feel like the strength of opponents shouldn't matter because all NFL teams are NFL teams. And as we've seen, especially this season, every team that rises to the top eventually gets knocked off before we can get we can fall too deep in love with them. It's just really hard for me to feel too confident about anyone, especially after what happened with the 49ers today. Well, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we're big fans of BetterHelp in all the ways it can help people with their mental health. And this year has gone quickly. And so I'd like you to think about something that you're proud of in 2024 so far. Think about what you would be proud of. What's something you still want to accomplish this year. And when life goes fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate those wins. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months for the rest of the year so you can look back on the rest of the year the way that you have this past year to know that it went the way that you wanted. And therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I urge you, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So take a moment for you. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. 
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's a perfect segue because the Eagles gave up a chance to take a legitimate lead for home field advantage in the NFC uh, by losing this game when the 49ers also lost. But those aren't the big losses for the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel got injured. It remains to be seen how significant those injuries are. Samuel's getting an MRI. Um, Can the 49ers survive injuries to those guys? Nope. Classic Dominique answer. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's classic also, Dominique answer means right. They, uh, you're right. I'm not arguing with you. They also lost Trent Williams in this game as well. Yeah. So they had like four key offensive players over before the year. You're like, okay, if those guys can stay healthy for 15 games, the Niners might be the best team in football. And they might have lost three of them, not for significant injuries, but at least for stretches in one game. And you saw the impact. Like Brock Purdy – you don't want to say turned into a pumpkin because that seems a little too harsh, but turned into a pumpkin for most of this game until the final drive. And he made plays in the final drive, but did not get the game-winning field goal. I hope you didn't hear what Charlie whispered in the middle of that. He gave you a clutch gene because he believes in the clutch gene. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, I think so. They had a pregame fight, which is always intriguing. A little scuffle where Debo launched his body at someone, and then you saw Trent Williams come across and clean it up, which then I'm thinking the 49ers are definitely going to win because you don't upset Trent Williams. But I think what I was more surprised about than the offense sputtering, particularly with the injuries, you can understand the offense having a hard time given that Kyle Shanahan really game plans around the unique talents of his players. So if you lose – the two best offensive weapons you have and the best offensive linemen you have, it's going to be hard to bounce back. I was really surprised at the effectiveness of the running attack of the 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 uh, the Browns against the 49ers, I, particularly at the end of the game when they needed to run the ball. They ran the ball. They did a lot of pinning and pulling and line movement and a lot of screen passes. They tried to do the things that I'm sure the 49ers expected because if you have a really fast athletic defense – compounded by the fact that you have a not franchise quarterback in P.J. Walker, what are you expecting? You're expecting screens, draws, reverses, trick plays, and they somehow still manage to put together, and you're expecting them to run the ball. They somehow managed to put together an effective offense, and that shocked me in this game. That gave me a little bit of concern because that's always been the strongest thing about these 49ers teams. As much as we obsess over how great Kyle Shanahan is, through the course of his really, really good run, these defenses have been so dominant that they created two minority head coaches in the NFL. You know how hard that is? You know how hard that is to, to, to get black and Lebanese defensive-minded coaches head, head coaching jobs? You got to be balling on D. I, I mean, this was a weakness for them in years past, though. You could run on the Niners periodically, especially if you take advantage of their aggressiveness. We saw some of the big plays in this game, like you said, were screens, were crunch runs, were 
what counter, you know, stuff to take advantage of them flowing into the backfield and, and getting your, your, your offensive lineman upfield to get blocks in those great linebackers. And not a lot of teams have the offensive line where they can be physical with the Niners front, where they can take advantage of them. The Browns might. The Browns have one of the best offensive lines in football. So I think it's good. You know, it was good for the Browns. They have the ability to close off because of what they have up front. But I don't think a lot of other teams can do that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting in the Styles make fights conversation because we would predict at the beginning of the season, the 49ers against the Eagles, a repeat AFC championship game. And the argument for the things being different is maybe the 49ers have a healthy quarterback mm -hmm. or maybe uh, two healthy quarterbacks in that game and things will be different. But if you're looking for a big, strong, overpowering offensive line, that could be the difference. The Eagles have that. The other challenger that were the rising challenger and the Lions, the Lions have that. So I don't know if we should recalculate how effective there, I mean, you don't think the Lions' offensive line is good? You give it me a face. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not even putting the Cowboys in the conversation. Well, if we're talking about really great offensive lines, the Cowboys don't have that. Their line's pretty good. Uh, I don't think that. Well, all right, well, you're. I, I'm sure that your analytics would tell me something different, but my old eye test tells me that their offensive line is not nearly as good as okay. uh, the other two that I named. Okay. You think the Cowboys? No, seriously. Do you think the Cowboys' offensive line is on that level? No, but okay. I think they're good. I, I I don't think we're like we should be excluding them from the possibility that they can be Niners. Great, they did just lose by like 50 points to the Niners, so I don't know why I'm even making this conversation. Why I'm arguing this side of the coin? I I really honestly I've already fast forwarded in my mind to the question I want to ask Charlie to look up and whether I want to have this serious conversation or not. Charlie, can I get uh, Rock Purdy's hand size, please? Is it like nine because... and a quarter? Do I know that off the top of my head? Oh, that's creepy. Is it nine? Is it is it nine flat? Oh, is it? He had a he had a real bad um fumble where he cocked back to throw the ball and it just popped out of his hands. Oh, I got it right. Nine in the corner. Let's go. <laughs> that is nothing to be a proud of. You should be you should well, be ashamed. I mean, no, no surprise. This show is very hand focused. It's part of the hands team. Charlie has memorized every NFL player's hand size. I ran across a video on the internet of David Carr talking about the color of the football. And it tells you how good the, your team is going to be. Because if you have a very red football, it has not been properly prepped mm. for the game. And I you're more that. likely to drop the ball, have fumbles and things like that. If you got a brown football, it's been properly beat up by the equipment staff. So, yes, David Carr, quarterback guru. You get sacked 76 times this season. You know those things. <laughs> you learned a lot about, about properly beat up football. <laughs> you can study what the ground looks like with the football. Are, are we are we actually concerned about Brock Purdy playing in, in bad weather games? I'm a little bit concerned that, you know, this is the worst offensive performance of the entire Shanahan era where they had 215 yards of total offense and he didn't eclipse 100 yards until that final drive in the fourth quarter. Like, those things have to be concerning because, like, like, even the, the staunchest Brock Purdy supporters – have to acknowledge the fact that the situation around him and the coaching staff is a huge part of his success. Um, and removing those variables as, you know, we get into cold weather football has to be concerning. I mean, a little bit. He's, I, still awesome. He's still awesome yeah. for where they got him. I feel as though I am not allowed to do that just yet because it has taken me so long to come around. And I think in the last yeah. couple of weeks, I've come around to accept that Brock Purdy is actually really good. Yeah, definitely. But so that's what I'm saying. I, I I don't feel comfortable turning back on Brock Purdy after one rough game. All the great quarterbacks that we that we've seen have have had rough games in their career, early in their career, and he has it. 
He just had one, and we already like, well, hands too small. He's a weapons around to support. Like, give the man a game. Give Joe, him a game. Joe Burrow's hands are fine, and he's got small hands, and he's he's been, been fine in cold weather. Um, he, and, like, Joe Burrow's had a series of bad games. Yeah. So, like, that's, I guess that's my point. I know Brock Purdy hasn't done as much as some of the great quarterbacks in this game, but, again, I think this may just be my personal feeling is, like, I don't feel like I am in the position because it took me so long to come around to what he has done to turn on him after one game. Purdy's going to be all right. Here's a question about this. They make the field goal. No concerns, right? Yeah. Zero concerns. Yeah. yeah, of course not. No question. No question. No question. And it was like, like that was a good drive from Brock Purdy. Like he missed one open throw to Juwan Jennings, but like we're like, what a genius this Brock Purdy is. Pulled it out when it mattered. Charlie's muttering clutch gene to random people walking down the street. Exactly. Like we're we're talking about this is just the latest Brock Purdy conquest, but because they missed the field goal, we're not having that conversation. It's fair. That's the, why football is so dumb and so awesome at the same time as we make <laughs> sweeping generalizations about players based on something they had nothing to do with. Yeah. Like he was not on okay. the field for the kick. He got him in the field goal range. And I mean, I guess was it Ayuk that had the big play? It wasn't yeah. even like Purdy yeah. picked him apart, but he made enough plays in that situation to get him in position. Well, got it where it needed to go. Think about this: Brock Purdy getting interviewed on the sideline after winning that game. Bill Barnwell punching air because Brock Purdy drove them down the field to win the game without Christian McCaffrey, without Trent Williams, without Devo Samuel. Oh, All of the concerns of the Purdy haters oh. would have to have been just squashed in oh. one moment. And you know what? A not football player ruined it. Kicker. Oh, I'm stealing this take for a Tuesday morning on Get Up. I can't wait to get on there and say, no, this gave me more confidence in Brock Purdy because he did it without. Okay, run that for me again. I remember uh, play this back before I go in there and say, and a non-football player ruined it. That was well done. It's like you played football before. That's right. Mm-hmm. Are we are we excited about PJ Walker? Like, do we nope. feel like you're not you're not like if you're you're like Browns, you're not like hoping Deshaun Watson's weird shoulder injury stays weird for a few more weeks? Let me give you the classic Dominique Foxer fan say, nope. I mean, okay. I think they may have hopes for Deshaun Watson not to come back, but I don't think they found the answer in, in P.J. He threw an awful interception uh, that felt like it was going to seal the game up, and their biggest plays were kind of wish balls in the direction of Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper made um, incredible catches and screens and impressive runs. It wasn't like P.J. was out there uh, dicing them up. I don't know. He is from Andrew Siciliano on Twitter. PJ Walker's teams have never lost a home game that he started in the NFL. Five and L. Oh my gosh, what a garbage stat. <laughs> I mean, not Andrew Siciliano, like it's a reasonable stat, but it's a garbage justification wow. that you are trying to use. QB home wins. It's taking QB wins to the next level. <laughs> what a garbage usage of Andrew's reasonable stat. What what was this the biggest Browns regular season victory? outside of the one where they clinched the playoff spot. This should be an easy, like, I can't answer this question because I don't know about all the victories, but this should be an easy question to answer because they have not had very many, especially since the Browns have returned, they haven't had very many impressive regular season home wins. So, sure, we'll give it to them. This is the one. They knocked off the best team in in the conference at home with uh, outstanding defense. They got a lot of pressure on Brock Purdy, which I think a lot of us were surprised by. Even when he's rolling out, like, they do those – a lot of boots, get him out of pocket. You can't really pressure him. You watch these incredible athletes they have on the defensive line and linebackers. Just track him down and put pressure on him, and then he turns into what most quarterbacks turn into when they're big, scary D-linemen in their face. 
bad quarterbacks. Yeah. The Browns have given up 1,002 yards through five games, which is the fewest any NFL team has given up through five games in 50 years. That's from the Browns Twitter the, the, account, sourcing that one too. Good stat. The, 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 Browns, the Browns are the defense the Jets think they are. <laughs> well, the Jets were that defense today. I kind they of... were. Well, they, they, they weren't. They just, they were, they struggled, but they also forced four turnovers. Like, the Eagles still moved the ball on the Jets. They still had tons of big plays. Uh, Dominique, next time on Get Up, you have a Lamar topic. Lamar is the only quarterback who's played well against the Browns this season. I, 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 that popped up in my head immediately, and they also are not really. They, they, they shape up to do this dominate and lose thing all the time where they just are in complete control. The, the London game, I'm watching them play, and I'm like, field goal, field goal, field goal. They're dominating this game. It's like, your guys are going to dominate and lose again. But apparently, they could fight through in Europe in a way that they normally can't because the Queen – at that one picture where the Ravens painted her face and Bill will never let us forget it. He keeps tweeting it out every season. I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. RIP. There's so many reasons. RIP is all I'm going to say. And it turns out if you're the Ravens, playing Malik Willis will cure your desire to blow football games because that managed to save them. Did they put um, airbrush T-shirts in, in in Europe when people died? That's just a black American <laughs> thing, huh? Nobody. All right, let's segue <laughs> to uh, talking about AFC contenders. Um, you don't want to do this cultural exchange? Fine. I I I do believe there was there was plenty of Queen oh, yeah. bootleg merch. But we did them. They didn't do them. We 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 did those anyway. Proceed. We shipped them out. One of our producers had a burner account that was just a, a Queen parody account. All right, I digress. <laughs> um, Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Let's move on to um, some of the contenders in the AFC. This is the conference we thought was going to be heads and tails, heads and shoulders, heads and shoulders above the NFC. And there's concern with some of the would-be contenders' offenses in particular. And let's rank that level of concern. Chiefs offense, Bengals offense, Ravens offense. I feel like Patrick Mahomes always suggests that I should not put them at the back. But I also recognize that their offensive machine is actually missing some sprockets and gears and cogs that they are not going to replace. What, Sprocket's not a machine? Did, it, did they just make that up in the Jetsons? You know, it's not a piece of machine. I think a Sprocket's actually a thing. 
I don't know. Anyway, the point is they're not going to get no receivers. They need receivers. They don't have them. They're not coming. Their offensive line is fine. Their tight end is great. Their quarterback is amazing. Their offensive-minded head coach is outstanding. Their defense is great. But if we're talking – or really good, at least. If we're talking about which offense gives us the most concern, the reason to not be concerned with the Chiefs' offense feels a little bit more flimsy than some of these other ones. So we're talking the Ravens. The Ravens have a new offense. They have a lot of drop passes. They have a great quarterback. It does feel like they have the pieces and have shown the ability to be good on offense, right? Bill, of those teams, what do you think is the team we should be most concerned about? Want to hear them again? We're just talking about, no, I I, I can remember three things. My brain has that capability. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, The Chiefs, are the offense I'm most concerned about, but I also think they have the best defense of those three teams. So I think they can win without having a great offense. I think they have a really good defense, and I also think they can run the ball. Like when Andy Reid actually decides to call a run play, and not like a weird like jet sweep or like, you know, Noah Gray handoff or some weird stuff like that, but it's just like a straight-ahead counter, straight-ahead power, they can run the ball. Like, they have the ability to do all this other stuff. It's just the passing attack we're used to is not playing at the level we expect. And I think, Dominique, as many people would say, you're 100% correct. The receivers are the issue here. They don't have guys who can win one-on-one. They have Travis Kelsey. And when Travis Kelsey's injured or, or not available, like, that offense has struggled mightily. So I think the Ravens' offense is better. I think the Bengals' offense the last couple of weeks has been better. I know they've had some hiccups earlier in the season, but I think Joe Burrow's healthier and they, they've got him back on track to some extent. No, they were they were a little sloppy uh, today against Seattle, but still did enough to pull out that game. But I, I just, like, those teams, their defenses are worse. They're, they're sloppier. They make more mistakes. The Chiefs' defense has been so good so far this season that right now they're winning games with their defense. They're not winning games with their offense. I'm proud of us as sports fans and sports media in general because I saw pieces of my wife's watching the Beckham documentary and I walked in when they were talking about how the entire country kind of turned on Beckham and Posh Spice because their relationship was like some big distraction and he couldn't play anymore because he's too caught up in the Posh Spice. We haven't done that to Travis Kelsey. Good for us. We were growing. We're more mature than Europe was in the 90s or than Great Britain was in the 90s. Right, Bill? He, he very famously got ejected yeah. from the World Cup for, right. like, like kicking somebody. So, like, if Travis Kelsey, um, like, gave someone the stunner in the middle of a, of, a, of a game and got kicked out of, like, a crucial game against the Bills or the Bengals or the, the Ravens, like, I think that we had the same kind of conversation. And it was the day after he found out that he was having a baby, so that would be exciting. America would have a little Brooklyn baby. We just... We just we punch down. We go after Kadarius Tony, <laughs> uh, Sky Moore, Mar- that, Marquez Valdez, Broken slogan, sp- Sprocket. Like, the slogan for the Dominique Foxworth show. <laughs> the Dominique Foxworth show. We punch down. No, that's the slogan for the Charlie Kravitz show. Dominique Foxworth <laughs> doesn't punch at all. I'm very, uplifted. It's very clear. I'm, I can only punch up from my position <laughs> in life. <laughs> that is not clear. You are the snack. Vanilla snack, Charlie. Everyone that's loves true. you. That's true. Um. Do you think the Chiefs should go out and trade for a wide receiver? Nope. I don't no. think so. I think they should just stick with what they got. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what what, what it would cost and who's the wide receiver and what um, problems it solves going forward. I, I think that as soon as they knew that they hit on Patrick Mahomes the way that they hit, that every strategy that they had made is to extend the window as long as possible. Anything that feels like an all-in move that compromises what they can do in the future, I think is an unnecessary risk. So if you can come off of a third rounder or something like that to improve your offense this year with a receiver that you know can work at the end of his career, I'm all for that. I'm not for making anything drastic that makes it harder because I think the most important thing, as we've talked about many times on here, to winning a championship is not only getting a quarterback on a rookie deal, once you have to pay your quarterback, it's getting value elsewhere. And the more shots they have to do that in a draft, I think they are better off doing that and especially since they are serviceable on offense and they can win, as we saw the Patriots dynasty, found different ways to win going forward. Sometimes it was defense focus, sometimes it was tight end focus, sometimes it was Randy Moss focus, even though they didn't win a championship. Sometimes it was slot receiver focus. I think that's what you do when you have an all-time great quarterback. You don't make, like, rash decisions. Hmm. If Randy Moss is on the cheap, you go get Randy Moss. Rash decisions, like trading the best receiver since Randy Moss. That wasn't a rash decision. To me, that, that they, was, they, did, that was a, they did win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a, to me, that was a, a practical decision, knowing that you're not going to pay him in the long run. A practical decision is to move on from him. And and knowing that you lost the last Super Bowl because you could not throw the ball to him because you couldn't protect your quarterback seemed like a practical decision, not a rash would you, one. Would you trade a two for Hollywood Brown? No. No. I mean, Hollywood Brown is not really proven to me that he's a huge difference maker. Hollywood Brown, to me, feels like the same thing that happened with Kadarius Toney, where you imagine that in this situation, he's going to be so much better, whereas I'm not sure that he actually turns out. I get it. They're different. Kadarius Toney's issues were injuries and drop passes, but I think it's the same thing, that we get all excited about adding a player who has not worked elsewhere to uh, a great quarterback. You think that means it's going to work. I wouldn't do it for a second. Third round pick for Ooh. Jerry Judy. Um, I have to call Steve Smith and see what, how he feels about that. <laughs> uh, I do like Jerry Judy more than Steve Smith does, but Steve Smith knows a lot more about receivers than I do. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, I, I, I think they could add somebody in that two, three, four round range. Because even if you sign, let's say you trade a two for Hollywood Brown, even if you move off from that for the year, you're still going to get a comp pick in free. You'll probably get a four in free. So really, you're just renting him for like the rest of the season. I'm not saying you should do it, just saying I think I could see the logic in them going after somebody. That's That's why people have offered you GM jobs and not me, because you would not, make a much not, better not, decision. Not, I would be down not, to work for you and tell you why you shouldn't do things like trade away picks that you can obviously replace. But I mean, nobody wants me to run their team. They just want to listen to me talk about how they poorly run their teams. Here's a question. This is more um, about what we've thought of these teams over years. What will it take for you to get over your inherent bias and believe in the Lions and or the Jaguars. You can't ask Bill that leading question. He doesn't well, have we're both of you, yeah, football experts. I have inherent bias. I have inherent bias, too. Bill does not have inherent bias. Bill is completely clear of bias. When you watch those teams suck for decades, you get some bias. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the easy answer is um, you have to see them do it. But I call out people in our jobs all the time as saying, is it our job to be able to see it before they see it? Like saying that they have to do it is not predicting, is not, um, I mean, everyone, once you see them do it, then it's easier to predict that they're capable of doing it. So I don't know what the answer is, but I think it's get a couple big wins this season. Like we think about these opportunities where there are marquee games 
and that feel like playoff games. I think the last one was last week where we had the Cowboys against the 49ers. Like, that felt like a big moment marquee game. And I felt more confident in Brock Purdy after that game than before that game. And more confident in the 49ers after that game than before that game. Then they go out and lose to the Browns. But that aside, I think that's what I need to see. And I guess the Chief beating the Chiefs in week one feels something like that for the Lions. But I need to see it again. That's fair. I don't think that's unreasonable. I, I think the thing that comes up for me is consistency. It's it's not just winning those great games, but beating bad or mediocre football teams. Like what the Lions would say to the Buccaneers. Like they manhandled the Buccaneers. That game was not in doubt for pretty much the entire contest. Even though the Lions weren't 100%, they lost David Montgomery during the game. Um, they You know, the Bucs had a couple plays they missed here and there, but the Lions were clearly the better team. With the Jags, we know they have a great ceiling. We've also seen them lose games they should have won. I mean, they lost to the Texans, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Earlier this season. Which doesn't look as I bad as it good. once did, but yeah, that's still a game that they should have won. Yeah, but like you still got the idea. Like that's a team we would expect the Chiefs to beat without any question. We'd expect the Ravens to beat without any question. We would expect the Bills to beat without any question. Like if you want to be in that conversation, you have to win 90, 95% of the games that you're expected to win. Like, everyone's going to have slip-ups here and there. The Chiefs lost to the Colts last year. But even before Jeff Saturday got there, before they massively improved their coaching staff. But, like, if you're the Jaguars, there's been too many of those slip-ups. And I think I want to see them win the games they're supposed to win over the rest of the season for me to feel confident that they're going to be a team I can rely upon for years to come. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the the beatdown that they took to the Texans wasn't actually that much of a beatdown. Like, it felt like it was more of a, to Bill's classic question of, did you beat yourself or did you get beaten? It was a lot of drop passes and ridiculous fluke intercept or um, teams, kickoff returns for team, touchdowns. Good teams don't. Good teams don't beat themselves, right. Dominique Fox. Oh, that, I'm that not. Come up when you were playing in the league. I was not. Why so adversarial? I wasn't disagreeing <laughs> with you. I was adding context to make your point stronger. Billiam. That does sound like me. I'm all about supporting my teammates. <laughs> right, Snacky joiner. I just. I just want to point out the Lions are tied with the Eagles and 49ers for the best record in the NFL and have beaten the Chiefs, who are the defending Super Bowl champs, and won their last four games by a combined score of 116 to 56. Yep. They're good. They're, they're a legitimately. I stole really that point from Greg team. Rosenthal, just for the record. I'm citing people. That's steal, man. What, you don't got to give people credit. Just, just take it. Greg, Greg's, in, Greg's in London right now. He's not going to hear this. It's like, it'll <laughs> be up at like. Like 6 a.m. So he doesn't need to worry about it. He's good. I'm down uh, for Jack and, Jack and tweets. If Greg got a problem, come see me. <laughs> sure. That's ours now, Charlie. We took that tweet. Right. Uh, but I do not officially endorse doing Greg Rosenthal's tweets. But what I do endorse is this question. Do you actually think the Lions are as good as the Eagles and the 49ers? <sighs> I think. Is it, is it a cop-out for it to always come back to the quarterback? Because I, I think no. that's what it comes down to is – I don't know how to feel about Jared Goff. He's having a good year this year. He had a good year last year, but 13 and three in his last 16 games. Oh, here we go with quarterback wins again. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, he's well protected. There's no reason why he's taking a team all the way to the Super Bowl with good coaching and a supportive running, running attack. So he's capable of doing it. But do I think that he's better than them, meaning his teams are better? I have a hard time saying that he is. So even. you're, you're, it, it, you don't think Jared Goff is as good as Brock Purdy? They got Jamison Williams back. That's nice. That helps. 
I think that you both that, of them. Did you see that catch? Yeah, I did. That's that catch it's an incredible catch. I if, think if you, if, if if I could have bet on him catching that pass like in real time uh, as the ball was in the air, I would have bet like ten thousand dollars he was going to catch that yeah, pass. He, it was incredible. He like tracked it over his shoulder to switch sides and somehow pent it against his body. But I think it's a good reference point. The reason why I bring that up is I think both of them. Uh, to some degree, are reliant on the supporting cast. And his supporting cast is healthy and getting better uh, by adding Jamison Williams. So, like, I'm not sure that uh, he is better or worse. They both are supported by good coaches, good offensive-minded uh, coaches, and a lot of talent around them and good protection. But I do kind of feel like there's some bit of I've seen him fail in big moments before, and I saw someone who... Uh, who and Sean McVay, who we think knows a lot about quarterbacks, send him away and staple some picks to him NBA style and then went and won a Super Bowl with somebody else. Like, it's going to take more than a couple good seasons for me to acknowledge that you don't got a little stink on you still. So let's talk about the Jaguar side about this because we're talking about ceilings of these teams. The quarterback is not the question for the Jaguars. It's someone who's now I think we're presuming is a – top five, top six, top, top seven quarterback in the NFL. So what do you view as the ceiling for a team like that, if we are going to believe they're legitimately good? Uh, I think the defense has to be the concern for the Jaguars, right? Like, you know, they have a lot of highly drafted players in this defense. They have last year's number one pick in Trevon Walker, who had uh, a very good game this week. They have Josh Allen, who's playing the best football of his career. Um, on the other edge, like, can they be a consistent defense? Can they hold up in coverage? when they have to play Travis Kelsey, when Travis Kelsey had like crazy numbers against them when they played in the playoff game last year. They were the worst defense in football last year against tight ends. Like, do they have the safeties to hold up and prevent big plays from happening? Like, you know, I, I think we know the Jags can win a shootout. We saw them beat the Chargers in a shootout last year, but can they win, you know, a 13-10 a, a football game against one of the really good teams in the NFL? I don't know if they have the defense to pull that off. Yeah, I mean, I think this comes down to the playoffs is you're going to have to – there are going to be a couple of ugly games that you're going to have to win ugly. And I think that's – whether the score is 13-10 or, or it's a higher scoring ugly game, you're going to have some ugly games and you're going to be ugly games against good teams. And I don't know if I got the Jags doing that three times in a row. And maybe they'll get the number one overall seed. They can do it twice in a row. Uh, but I'm not sure I believe that they can do that. So I think the ceiling for them is – divisional round is what I feel like, which is, I mean, they were competitive against the chiefs last year in that game. Like they had it. Yeah. Cause they, 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 they messed up Mahomes' ankle in the first quarter. That's a good strategy. That's if you injure the opposing quarterback in the first quarter, actually, didn't, actually did not work for the bills. So yeah, I can't say did, that's a good strategy. It didn't strategy. work. It hasn't worked very often. The, the best strategy is if you want to win a playoff game, just play Brandon Staley. <laughs> <laughs> he gave that game away. That was so sad. How big was that lead? It was like, 28 everyone everyone likes to back you know back golden boy justin herbert he did not play well in that game he he missed two touchdown passes in that game yeah but have you seen his arm bill (laughs) he's he's also he's good at the subway commercials too well bill that was awesome you're amazing charlie thank you for being here thank you bill barnwell and thank you all for staying and listening and enjoying and watching the dominique foxworth show presented by all state uh, thank Podville for this great studio for letting us use this. And also thank you to all of our wonderful producers, Kevin, Brian, Serafina, and Megan. We out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.
leaked tape that led to one of the biggest scandals in sports and changed the NBA forever. A podcast that unearthed it all. This is just like what 2014 was mm-hmm. like. Like, there's yeah. a lot of wild stuff happening. And now, a Hulu docudrama. TMZ was calling again and again and saying, we have a tape, do you want to comment? 30 for 30 Podcasts presents The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clips. We reshot the scene, and I could barely watch it because it was so uncomfortable. It was tough. A companion podcast to the FX drama inspired by the award-winning reporting of Ramona Shelburne, one of ESPN's top NBA reporters, an L.A. native, and someone who has been following the story from the moment it broke. Join Ramona as she sits down with the cast and crew of the show in spoiler-filled conversations and behind-the-scenes reaction to each episode. Man, this is crazy, but these people live these lives every day. Donald Sterling, this was his lifestyle for a long time. Listen to The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clearly. Wherever you get your podcasts.